Well, um, hi everyone. My name is Sarah. I am 33 years old. I'm a mom of two boys, three and one, um, and a proud wife of an amazing man. Um, I am here today because I'm very passionate about starting the conversation. And what the conversation is, is, is how we find our, ourselves in the chaos of, of being a mom and also in ways losing ourselves. So I want to show up and just lay my heart online and share every vulnerable experience that I can think of just so uh, we can create a community of people who don't feel like they're so alone. And I want to talk about how to mother as a healer and heal as a mother. And I am joined today by my friend April. Take it away. Uh, I just got when you began the first word, it was like, here we go. We're bringing this out into the world. We are birthing it to use <laughs> mothering <laughs> terms. And uh, I love your message. It's how to, how to mother as a healer and heal as a mother. Or if you said it the other way, I just, yes. And so Sarah and I felt like we could come together with our messages that were on our heart and create a even broader picture painting together rather than doing our own. <laughs> so I want, <laughs> it's always better together. We know that <laughs> just like, yeah. you know, with, with kids, when you get them together, they're actually less work because they just play. And I feel like with adults, it's less, less work when we work together. It can totally. Really <laughs> um, yeah. But I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you guys about how to how to live from your soul and of course that ties over into how to mother from your soul and so when i became a mother i really didn't feel like i fit in i didn't feel like i didn't i don't know how to put it into other words other than i didn't feel like a mother like her i just felt different and i felt like there was another way to mother and it took me years i have four children um now my oldest is nine and my youngest is three and it took me this long this year to figure out what it actually meant to to me to be a mother and how to mother from the soul and um we're going to get into that conversation awesome i love <laughs> all of that oh man i'm just vibrating right now wonderful <laughs> <laughs> um i think we could hop right into um, that part of it, actually, uh, the part that led us to where we are today, um, where the journey began almost. I'd like to hear about um, where you felt you were when you became a mother and how that changed along the way. So I feel, I feel like for moms, there's so much that we think we need to do. And mm -hmm. I you know, I think we feel so much responsibility for helping these little beings develop and getting it just right and getting them in every sport and getting them in, you know, should we homeschool or should we public school? And we have so many questions and we we really do care so much. And I know I, I struggled with that. And one of the first things that I learned that really changed the game for me was when I was reading one of my favorite authors, Florence Scovel Shin in The Game of Life. And she said, a parent should never tell a child. And this is just, you know, me quoting it loosely. I can find the real yeah. quote later. But what my heart what my heart heard was you should never tell a child what to be. They are born with a divine plan for their life. Mm -hmm. They will tell you who they are and what they want to be. And the thing is when you tell a child what to be, then they're going to miss out on their true on their true plan and they're not going to want to disappoint you and it's going to cause resentments and it's going to cause missed opportunities and hurts and it's going to make your relationship so much harder and so i read that and then i really leaned into it with my first with my daughter i have one daughter and then three sons and um i really leaned into it with my daughter and i didn't put her in everything and then 
I was, I was wondering, am I missing out? Am I, you know, is she missing out on things? She was in ballet. She didn't like it. We took her out. You know, she wasn't skating. She did it for a year. It wasn't her thing. And we kept not making her do it because in the back of my mind, it was Florence Scovelshin saying, no, she has a divine plan. And then, you know, the divine mm-hmm. plan, it's easy. It's easy. It's, it's, uh, it's flowing. You don't have to force it. And so one yeah. day, one day my neighbor, she texted me and she said, Hey, would Abrielle like to go to art? That's my daughter. Would she like to go to art class with, with my daughter? Uh, it's this time and we can carpool. And it was just so convenient. The art teacher was somebody I would trust with my daughter. She absolutely loved her. And I discovered that my daughter wants to be an artist and it literally fell into our lap and you know, and it, that's just an, a small example of how embracing this one new way will give you so many new ways to think as as um, how to think from the soul while you're mothering or how a mm-hmm. healer would be and bringing all that into it. But just one small way to start this podcast off is you're you're not that in charge. You can let some of that responsibility shake off your shoulders. You can breathe lighter. Yeah. <laughs> your child has a soul and there's already a plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, I love that message because I mean, once I learned that, oh man, things got a lot easier. It's the same for us as adults. Like we have, there's a plan, and there's something that will light us up, and something that will quite literally kill our soul. And we've got to learn to listen to that if our kids are gonna, because our kids, you know, this is always quoted. <laughs> it's very, um, what am I trying to say? This is the saying people always say: is kids do what you do and not what you say. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Got to honor your own. Mm -hmm. Totally. I feel like um, when my mothering journey started, I was still a little bit um, not in the straight direction of what I felt uh, spiritually in my life yet. I was on the journey of it, but. Having my first baby, I kind of fell into uh, everything that the world told me about it, and I stressed a lot, and I mm-hmm. I took on other people's opinions, and I bared the weight of you know their their words <laughs> at night, and I wanted everything to be so perfect, but but outside perfection made no difference in my happiness at the end of it Mm -hmm. and then uh you know it was really good for um the first two years with just one you know we really loved our baby so much and you get all those like new mom feels where it it just takes over your whole being of how much you just love and live for this other person and um and then we had a second and then it became not so easy for me. Um, and I, I had some dark places and I, I parented in ways that I'm, you know, felt really ashamed of at, at one point. And, uh, I went to bed every night, like really, really hard on myself and wondering what to do and how to fix it. And, and I couldn't find the answers and mm-hmm. until I, you know, looked inside myself. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I knew, you know, like, I don't want to do it this way. Mm-hmm. Like so much that I had to break myself open to, you know, make that change in my life. But that's a lot of changes. <laughs> I'm speaking really broadly right now. No, but but I, um, I get it. And I think what I hear from you that speaks to me so clearly as a mother is we, we've always known what our children need, but we mm-hmm. don't know how to trust ourselves. And then when we deny that feeling in our stomach, we listen to somebody else. And when it comes to our children, especially, then we go to bed with guilt thinking we weren't a good mother, but true, it's not that we aren't a good mother. It's that we're not allowing ourselves to be because we know what our children need, but we're so busy thinking we need to do this, we need to do that, that Mm -hmm. that's what becomes heavy. And I just, I mean, I think a great name for this first episode might be you've always known, you've always known how to mother, you've always known what to do and to trust yourself. But it's, and that's, I think what I'm hearing from you is that's what was going on for you. It's so heavy when you're Mm -hmm. hearing 
your own truth, but you're combining it with society. Yeah. You can't, you can't listen to two. You will just be confused all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Very <laughs> unaligned on that one. Yeah. And, you know, to share a story on that, one of my little guys, he is four and he is up until now has been nonverbal. And I know that um, in an, any other, not any other, but in, you know, many other families, he would have a lot of labels right now, one of them being autism. And we have just been thinking so far outside the box with this one. And we have been hiring people and changing his diet and doing research. And, you know, I really believe that everything is energy. Mm -hmm. And I believe that these little beings that are coming in, they're so pure. They have such a high frequency, such a high vibration, and they can't handle a lot of the toxins that we've become accustomed to. And we really haven't become accustomed to them. We just think that our energy is normal when it could be a lot higher, right? Our moods could be mm -hmm. a lot better, but we're, we're used to it where they can't handle that. They can't handle the toxins in the food, in the air, the screen time. They, they, they can't. And so it's showing up in their, in their bodies and it's showing up in their minds. And, um, and I just, I really believe that our children are trying to remind us mo mothers that, uh, we are healers and they need mm -hmm. us and they need us mm -hmm. to step into that. And the one thing, like Sarah just said, what started her journey was her children because it cracked her open. And the one thing that we will, um, crack open for and grow and change and get uncomfortable for is our children. And so I believe mm -hmm. that they're, be they're being used right now to call us home. Absolutely. Yeah. I think yeah, we're, we're go, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, that's, that's just clear in my life every day. So there's so <laughs> many times a day where I'm just like, wow. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> But let's dive into your quote. So how to mother as a healer and how to heal as a mother. Um, I want to bring up a quote today that I read. And it's it says that the heaviest burden a child can bear is the lived life of their parent. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's such a bridge to your core message. And so many of us are healing what our parents didn't and then mm -hmm. still having to live out our own soul plan. But there were shoulders that we were supposed to stand on and those shoulders didn't stand up. And so we've got, it's compounding and it's heavy. And the only way to uh, get through it is going to be to trust ourselves, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, listen to that voice of it. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, that. So whew, where do we go with this? Okay. I feel like um, everything that you just said right there is really bang on. Um, I'm not going to say that I feel um, like I had a toxic life in any way. Um, but I definitely grew up in a way that didn't serve my, my purpose. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, but I also believe that, that we, we kind of plan for that so we can prepare for what's ahead. So it, all in a nutshell, it, it works out. But um, there's a lot of chains that I had to break in my life. Mm -hmm. that were really, really hard to break. And when you spend your entire life believing, being told something so much that it's such like a core belief that you don't even have control over thinking about it, you just believe it, you instantly feel it in your body because it's just like your truth. Mm -hmm. When you try to go in and like break those walls down, mm -hmm. it's, it's very messy and hard. Um, you know, even, even in a life where, where there was no trauma suffered, um, you still have these deep seated things. And, you know, I think that's 
one thing that I always did in my life was I, I always like told myself I had a great, you know, upbringing. I didn't, I didn't have half of hard as hard a life as my friends did. Um, you know, some people had it way harder than me. And, and so it's not so bad. And I would always just kind of downplay like any of those things that were taught to me because I just felt like I didn't have the, not the privilege. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The permission. I didn't have the permission to complain mm-hmm. when people had it worse than me. Um, but that just led to a lot of pushing down and keeping energy in my body that didn't belong there, that needed to be healed in order to move on from it. And then did you have to work through that as when you were a mom? Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. (laughs) That's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. It's a lot because, um, you know, you, sometimes you, you, you're at the end of your rope and you Mm -hmm. feel like, like everyone else is trying to climb up you and your head's hardly above water. And I think when people think about healing, they think sitting on a yoga mat or, you know, a, um, a meditation pillow in their office and being all Zen. And I get that. And I love that. And I do that most mornings before my kids get up. But I think the real growth happens in the moment in real time when your kids are losing it on you and they're using their voice in a way that you never got to. And you decide to say, it's okay. I yeah. want to hear, I want to hear your voice. And within yourself, you say, yeah, that's triggering me because I never used mine. Isn't it beautiful that I'm going to let my children use theirs? Now that sounds beautiful too, but it's not, it's messy. And it's like this, it almost feels, almost feels like this, like snake twisting around in my stomach as you know, my daughter spits out her opinion in a way that is very emotional. And I realized that the five-year-old little me didn't get to do that. And the five-year-old little me is not happy that she, and it's like, I have to love my little girl within me so I can love the little girl that I was gifted. Mm-hmm. And that's not easy in the moment to do that. Mm-hmm. You got to think about a, you, to, for us to mother how we need to mother, we got to get up early with ourselves and mother ourselves for an hour or two when we're in the thick of it. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's not always going to be like that. But for me in this season, there are days where I get up and I just journal about one of my kids because I know I had a hard day with them the day before and I want to do better, but I also want to give myself grace and say, why, like, why is this activating me? What, what is, what are they being used to reveal within me that I, if I would heal it, it would just fall away in a good way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So we like, we got to, as, as energetic beings, as, as mystics, as mothers, as healers, as whatever word you fall under, if you, if you uh, believe in all of that energy side, which Sarah and I definitely do, um, <laughs> you know, there's a new way to mother that is so much deeper. Um, and to me, it's really mothering from the soul. It's like seeing the matter, see by matter, I mean, form, seeing the shell of your child, looking at the heart and saying, okay, they're acting like this, but why? Mm-hmm. Right. And just going within. Um, but, oh, I lost my train of thought for a second. Okay. So this is a thing. If you're listening to a podcast with moms, this is going to happen. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's okay. So grab a coffee while we get back. on our <laughs> but, yeah, so, No, I was going off your quote. I was saying how to, when you're a healer, you've got to figure out how, what your values are, how do you want to mother and mother from the soul, but also remembering you're still going to have to heal yourself. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing is that if you are a mother, you are a healer Mm -hmm. because that's your job. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's what you're here to do. Right. So Mm -hmm. if you didn't feel like that spoke to you at the beginning, let me tell you why, (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know, just this, the sacred, divine, feminine, the womb, the only thing on earth that can bring life, a soul to the planet. You know, there's so much to unpack there, but 
where I'm really going with it is when we connect our bodies to a child and we bring them to the earth and we, we basically touch our souls and come back. I don't know if you felt like that when you were having children, but I sure did. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can't, there's this unexplainable part of you now that tells you what to do and, and how to do it. And when, what your children need. It's like, and it's, it's, I was just going to stick in there. It's like your intuition gets louder because it's now it's serving for two. Mm-hmm, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's a sixth sense almost like you can't really explain it. Sometimes you just know, like, you're like, Oh, my baby's going to wake up soon. And then you like start crying. You're like, yeah, I just <laughs> felt that, you know, mm-hmm. but um, our job because of that and the way that we bring life into the world and the way that life is designed for us to, to bring souls up. It's, it's our job to heal the parts of us that would block them from having mm. a, a soul experience in their life. Mm-hmm. They need to see it through us, which makes us the healer because we can heal the space and everything that they consume as they grow. We can control that. Most, mm-hmm. most parts anyway. Right. So when, when we can heal ourselves, that in turn heals our relationships, that in turn heals different aspects of our lives and the way that we deal with them and the way that we, the way that we teach them and what we show them and how we lead by example. And when that is healed, we roll out the red carpet for them to go on into their soul's journey. We can compress so much time for them or we can slow it down. And mm-hmm. that that really, that you know, there's a, a group of people right now who are, you know, kind of like our generation who, and I'm not saying this for everyone, but a lot, their parents didn't heal. They And maybe, maybe to this day, they aren't even aware of the wounds they carry and the, the, tr- the very um, sensitive triggers that they have, that the parents. And so in our generation, we are having to unravel that mm-hmm. as well as go on our soul journey. However, it's really neat when you pick your parents, you know their weak spots because of the energetic imprint that you read before coming here. And you know your mo- mother's weak spot, you know your father's, you know their strength. And, and you know that they will have intersections coming up in time where they could heal that. And if they do, they will speed up your journey. Um, however, there's a group of people right now where that didn't happen. And so you might feel like life is really heavy and it might feel like you're kind of being buried or, you know, in, in hell and you're, you're not wrong. You're shouldering a lot and there are shoulders that you didn't get to stand on. But if you keep mm-hmm. going, you're going to come out with a depth to you that people will feel even more than they hear. And you're going to come out with a message that is going to set the world on fire and your kids, you're going to, it's your kids are going to benefit twice as much because they're benefiting from two generations of lessons. So it can be hell or it can be heaven (laughs) and you're going to experience a little bit of both. But, uh, I just went off on that. That just was on my heart, but back to what you said about (laughs) about mothers being healers. That was amazing. (laughs) I just felt it. I love it. I, yeah, you know, I, we invited spirit to show up before we started this call. So I have uh, <laughs> got goosebumps off what you've said too. So, <laughs> um, but what I, what I heard when you said as a mother, you are a healer. I heard the most healing energy is love. And mm-hmm. that just really yeah. s- spoke to me in the sense that every child comes forward with a different soul plan. And if, if you're a Christian, you're wondering like, huh? Um, you know, just to give you an example, when someone went to Jesus, he gave them a different answer. There's no one prayer <laughs> that saves your soul. In fact, it's a journey, you know, can't microwave that. It's this experiential and you're here for it. And mm-hmm. as, as, as mothers, we can 
help them on that through love. Mm -hmm. And love is healing. And so in, in a sense, it is healing the soul. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and if you help them get that done in childhood, then, and understand themselves because they come in with personalities, they're going to come in with things to work on and sensitivities. But imagine if, if you like the listener, if you could have healed these things that you're healing now, when you were nine, 10, 11, 12, Mm -hmm. like, this is what we need to talk about. So for the good of the world, really, (laughs) (laughs) pretty much. Like give your, you know, instead of us 30 something spending a decade, uh, healing, what if we could spend it creating? (laughs) Yes. Right. Like that's my vision. Oh my gosh. Like all the energy that we have in our (laughs) twenties, all of that could have gone to like, yeah, (laughs) you know, wow. We only knew what we know now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just feel it's so important that we as mothers start to realize that we are, we need to parent from the soul. And I, I'm going to say that sentence all the time from the soul for the soul, but to just realize that and to, you know, sit and journal it out and think about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think that means? Uh, for to example, parent okay. from the soul, can you break? Can you break that down? I love that question. I actually have a story coming to mind, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it. I find when there's something I'm supposed to say, I get like a flash image, and I'm like, okay, that's what I'm supposed to say next. You know, just trust it. <laughs> um, so I do this thing where I do letter writing, and I learned this from one of my mentors, and so she told me to. At the time, I was healing lineages with my my grandma and my mom and my sister, and and she taught me to get quiet. And um, I'm just going to say this to to the listener before I continue. You're going to think, oh, you can do that, but I can't. That's not true. You can do this because I didn't know I could do it until I tried. And Mm -hmm. I was avoiding this. this. So if if you leave and you do one thing today, I would just say do this, Um, like give you a little action step. I know we're talking to busy women, but um, anyway, there was a lot of resistance in me to do this exercise. And that is because um, sometimes when there's resistance or f- what we would call resistance or fear, it's actually that our soul knows there's a lot of transformation behind that door. And so I think she gave me like 30 days to do this. And I did it on day 29. Um, <laughs> and I was supposed to like, write a letter to my grandma with my hand that I was never going to send and tell her everything. And then, uh, and then quietly sit and allow her to write back to me again with my hand and just be quiet about it. And, uh, like sit in the stillness is what I mean. And I did that. And it was so profound that I couldn't stop like literally bawling. I was gonna say crying, but that doesn't cover it. It was like, you know, ugly tears. Don't walk in here. I'd be embarrassed. I'm bawling. My I'm snotty. Like it was unbelievable. The transformation and the grace that came through and the forgiveness and all of this. And um, anyways, I had to share that to share. One day I did this with my son, Darcy. So Darcy, his name is Jack Darcy. He's my second. And the thing with him is he's really quick. So he's always bored. So he's very busy and he's, you know, always asking questions and it's just challenging you. He's my most, he challenges me the most, you know, Mm -hmm. I'd had a really hard day with him. And so the next morning I decided that I was going to do this letter writing technique and I didn't know if anything would come through, but it was early. I wasn't that awake. And that's always the best time because your egoic mind is a little on the shelf still. Mm -hmm. So I wrote him a letter and I told him like, I'm struggling. I am struggling. I am tired. I don't feel like I'm doing a good job. What do you need from me? Like, please help me win with you. And I just put it, I poured my heart out to his, to his higher self, right? To his, to his inner, to his inner world, call it Mm -hmm. whatever you want. And so then he wrote me back a letter with my own hand again, that blew, blew my mind. He said, the contract you and I have is a contract titled, I'll make you a champion. It's a contract Um. of champions. 
words. I know I've never heard those words before. So when I say trust yourself, you guys, I didn't even know that I was intuitive until a few years ago. And my husband randomly said, how do you know that? And I'm like, I don't know. Doesn't everybody? Because you guys, intuition sounds like you. There's <laughs> there's not some you know voice that comes in with an accent that is going to be like, oh, that's my intuition. It's like, no, no, it's you. And you got to trust it or you don't. Right? <laughs> So, yeah. so anyway, we, we could do an episode on, on intuition if that is feedback, but I just want to finish this story. So my, mm-hmm. he wrote, wrote me back and he said, the contract I have with you is the contract of champions. And he said, think about what happened when you were pregnant with me. You got something called pups rash. And he's saying all this to me and it's, I can feel the energy of his higher self mixed with his human. It was so unreal. And yet it was so very oh. real. And he said, mm-hmm. Think about it. He like, he was 10 too. He was a huge baby. He said, you got pups rash. It wouldn't go away from your whole body. And when you decided to research it, it was because your liver was stressed. Because I didn't want to do the thing where you get the soap to try to get, get it to go away. I wanted to do the thing like heal it internally. And so I did research mm-hmm. and it was your your liver stressed out. He's like, look at what, look up what the liver is, mom. What is the? Well, he didn't say mom actually. To be honest, like look up what the liver is. And the first thing I looked up was it's the seat of power, uh, like metaphysically, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, since looking it up, there's actually a lot of answers, but it's what I saw the second I looked it up that I was supposed to see. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he said, you can't win with me unless you stand in your power. You, wow. I, it was chills. He, and I can go on and read it. I'll say a couple more lines and then I'll share the mic with you. But um, No, please, please take as much time as you need. Uh, thank you. Okay, I'll finish it. And he said, you can't mother me unless you're in your power. And this is the kid. He is the sole reason I started getting up at 5 a.m. because he would just stare at me. At 5 a.m., he'd walk into my room and I'd wake up grumpy and I couldn't stand the idea of him growing up and saying, my mom was such a crouch in the morning. And so when I started getting up at 5 a.m., my spiritual journey began. He's always guiding me and he's the reason that I have to have a schedule. Well, guess what happens when I have a schedule? My whole life makes more sense. He, I cannot parent him. He will question me if I have a leak in integrity anywhere. He came to make me a champion. However, I have free choice. He's the sole reason that I... He's the reason I get up early, getting up early changed my life. He's the reason I have to be scheduled. He's the reason that we get out. He's the reason that we're busy. And so two things I want to say is one, I have stepped into that and it's been hard and it's still hard some days. Don't get me wrong, but I had mm-hmm. free choice. I could say, oh, he's just a difficult child. Uh, you know, he's the problem. Or I could, I could realize that it's not just about me helping him. But our children also come to help us. Mm-hmm. And that just that just hit me. But something else that he wrote to me that I think mothers should know is he said, you can deal with this. You can help me or you can avoid it. And it will either make you a champion or it will be so hard for you because then I'll have to heal this as an adult and it will be messy. Mm-hmm. You know, he said so many more things that were detailed to him in his life. However, it was, you can avoid it now, but it's not going away. This is an agreement that we have. Mm-hmm. And so he's my one that is going to make me a champion and I'm going to make him one. And our favorite song is Carrie Underwood, Champion. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> we both sing it together. And uh, I, I, I know he's, I've just said to him, Darcy, you're powerful. You're going somewhere big. You got to, mm-hmm. and I just mother him that way. I mother him that way. I tell, him, I tell him about his name and how, you know what, your name matters, how you carry yourself matters, how you treat people matters. Like, And I, I just mother him. As you become more intuitive, I feel like you get flash images of your, like a future memory of yourself. And those are visions of where you can go if you're willing to grow to it. But I feel that you also get knowings about your children. And I just have a knowing about where he's going. And so I try to parent him accordingly. Of course, I'm human, but yeah, so that is how I would say I parent from the soul. Mm-hmm. Wow, <laughs> that's, that's pretty amazing. I actually have never thought to do that, but now I want to actually try that. That's pretty cool. What you'll find is that you meet the essence of your child hmm. and that you've met it before. Hmm. And you can, 
you know, sometimes I'll be talking to my inner being to God source, whatever word you want to use, as long as it's loving, it's, it's good. And mm -hmm. uh, I will say, you know, God, I'd love to just see you today, just appear. And I always hear back, see me in other people, see me in their eyes. There's a twinkle in there, feel their good, feel their heart, feel their essence. And, and then when I really get still and think on that, I can start to feel it. And I find that when I'm writing these letters, that's what I'm, I'm feeling is that, that, that inner twinkle, that magic, that eternal part of them that I made an agreement with before coming here. And we know each mm -hmm. other, we love each other. <laughs> I really love the way you just put that. I honestly felt it when you said that, like I closed my eyes and I was like, oh, I know that mm -hmm. feeling. I can feel it right now. You felt it. I think that's the biggest, my favorite compliment. It means we there. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. With my daughter, uh, when I, when she wrote me a letter, again, it was her essence that came through and hers was so much less serious than, than my son's, but she's my gift. She's literally my, my gift uh, to remind me to love myself because there were parts of her that I struggled to love, but she's mm -hmm. so very lovable. And so that was what was used to kind of rip me open and say, if you can't love it in her, it's, you can't love it within yourself. Like you need to, you need to heal that. And that's when I started my inner child healing was with my, with my daughter. But in her letter, what she said, she said things like, just trust yourself, mom. You really do know, you know how to parent me. Uh, thank you for putting me in art. It is what I needed please read with me more at nighttime. I really need help with that. And it was just so sincere. Mm -hmm. Like her inner being was telling me what her human needed. Wow. Like her human needed a little bit more assistance with the academic side so that her spirit could flow through it. She needed more tools on the human side to express because she has a lot of creativity, but she needs help figuring out how to paint it, figuring out how to write it, figuring out how to, you know, she needs some more human, which is not what my son needed. So you know, there's that wild because they're boys all... are different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they're all different. So you think you like I know you think you figure it out, and next one, surprise. <laughs> yeah, none of that's gonna work on me. You know, <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm Do just sitting I... here smiling now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just, you know, I feel like. The good, the bad, and the ugly is what makes being mm -hmm. a mom so special because mm -hmm. being tested to your absolute <clears throat> limits to the point where yeah. you actually have to, like, break yourself open to move forward is mm -hmm. the greatest gift, honestly. And although it feels so, so hard when you're moving through it, it's always rewarding when you get to the other mm -hmm. side. Mm -hmm. And that's a gift, you know, that's, that's the gift that we get from putting the work in. It's, uh, it's guaranteed, you know, that we're going to be okay and that they're gonna be okay and we're going to thrive. We're not only just gonna be okay, we're gonna thrive. We're gonna thrive, and that, that's what it is. And then you start seeing it, you know, not only like on a grander scale or like a, a long tenure of life image, you see it every day in the most minute things that just stop your heart and bring you to the core of love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. Just thinking about little moments in my day when you actually slow down and like look at your kid you know, like, mm -hmm. in this moment. You know, I, I always say to myself quietly, I'm like, right now you're three and I'm 32 and this is us right now. I'm going to look back and say, remember when you were three? Well, that's right now. And that sentence, I don't know why, but it grounds me into that moment. Mm -hmm. And I... I think we have to have those little practices that are quick, that are almost meditative, but they're about 10 yeah. seconds long. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I, it's just so funny that you say that because I had that exact thought this morning. Uh, Chad and I, and all the kids were in the bed and I just looked at Bo, who's my youngest and I'm starting to get all these like video memories of my mm. oldest when he was my youngest age. And just to mm. see in like a year, the changes mm. that happen. Um, it's almost cruel. <laughs> it's just it like, is. Oh my gosh, you were no. a baby a year ago. You know what? I really struggled and still struggle if I'm being honest with how fast time goes as a mom. And so I want to share again, like how mothering from the soul, how I've shifted my perspective on that so that it hurts less. Don't get me wrong. There's still moments I think I'd give anything for you to be my daughter, especially to be little again, because I was so broken for the first five years of her life that I didn't feel much. Like I was just so not there emotionally. And I actually downloaded a book way back then before I was a reader um, called The Emotionally Absent Mother. And so that gets me right in the throat. Like it shows you how I thought of myself. And I was so embarrassed Mm -hmm. that I downloaded it because I remember one of my friends wanted to listen to a book on my Audible and I saw that book. I'm like, oh, you know, I didn't listen to that. I just, and I made like some embarrassed comics. I was so, and when I admit that that's how I felt and I never did listen to it, I couldn't bring myself to, admit that I'd already missed five years. When I think about it, wow, some, you know, some people have missed so much more and five years was really not that much, but it felt like so much to me. Um, Mm -hmm. And thankfully I did break open and and I I did heal and I I don't feel like that anymore, but um, that's where I was at. And so, okay, back to the story. Something I have learned uh, with parenting from the soul is we are eternal. Our children are eternal. We know them before this life and we know them after this life. So to think that time is going fast is, well, you know, it's not going anywhere because time doesn't exist except on this realm. So I'm going to know her after. So it's okay. It's okay. I'm not saying waste time with your children, but I'm like, that thought feels so horrible in your stomach because your inner being literally can't think like that. So you're you're stretching away from the true thought. And that's that feeling of like a muscle tearing, that feeling in your stomach when you feel that that feeling that's your thoughts going one way and your inner being's going another. And it literally feels like a muscle tearing to me, like a rope pulling apart. And it's your thoughts are in discord. Mm-hmm. Right? And so just a thought to think for me when I get all worried about my kids growing up fast, I think, you know what? And we don't have to go too into this, but we've done this life before and we'll do it again. It's like, calm down. We're all eternal. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good way to spin it because it can honestly feel so heavy that it makes you emotional and it makes you, it makes you almost feel bad inside. It it makes you not sleep. Yeah. Yeah almost bad yeah it make, definitely makes you feel bad <laughs> oh yeah absolutely I just, yeah i know that's a whole different topic we can get into but i i just wanted to share that and one time i had a friend say this might be an unpopular mom opinion but i never miss the age that they were i just allow myself to love what they are wow and i, I don't know that i can you know i that takes a lot of strength, but um, I agree with what she's saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it's true. It's true. And especially, um, you know, when you, when you sit down and do those reminiscing look backs, mm-hmm. it, it feels so uncomfortable because you actually can't remember what you felt like in that moment. That's the part of time that is being a human, right? You have these memories, but it's really hard to actually like go back to the feeling of that happening. So you feel like you're almost grieving in a way when instead of looking forward and, and keeping your face to the sun and ready to welcome the experiences that are in front of you. Mm-hmm. And so you can... I agree so deeply and I feel what you're saying so deeply and you can see how 
when you heal yourself, it changes everything about being a mother because it's about living in the now. Well, that's, mm -hmm. I mean, how many books are on that topic? And so what I found, what I found was I could read parenting books, but I've kind of shied away from that. I've read books that are more on growth and, um, you know, the spiritual side of things, the soul side of things, because that is actually what straightened out my parenting thoughts. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, there's a yeah. book that will hone, you can get a book that will hone in on the exact thing that you're working on and absolutely do that. But it's not going to be enough if you're not healing, if you're not working through the things that are triggering the problem, if, you, if you're not aware um, that your child has a soul and has a plan and you're trying to shove them into a box, it's going to cause resentment. You know, you might end up being, what's that quote, your child's warning instead of their example. Like you got to heal yourself first rather than trying to be all controlling and, and read all the parenting books. Like that's not going to, that's not going to get you where you want to go long-term. So how do you think the best way to start the journey of healing yourself as a mother is because I, I think that it, it's so big that a lot of the times, you know, we get this urge to move forward and then something feels out of control and, and we easily put it down and say, we'll come back to that later. So how would you suggest to move into that and, and not be feeling at the same time what was the first move you made like if you were to just think about one specific thing what stands out to you that's a really good question um, okay I I'm about to get vulnerable here so that's when Love I start it. losing my train of thought uh, bear with me <laughs> um the first thing that I did was admit that I had a problem. Mm. And it was because mm. of a lot of things, but there was this one particular time uh, we were at the mall and I was triggered by something that happened in the mall. That was like, would not even matter to me today. It was you ridiculous. Tell us. You should tell us. Um, <laughs> I, you know what, I can't honestly remember exactly. I think it was that um, I was trying, we were trying to shop for something, I remember, and I felt like Chad was disconnected from trying to shop as well. Like he didn't care mm. to have input. I think that's what it was. Mm -hmm. And then it just, and then the kids were like screaming and being bad, and then tensions got high, and then mm -hmm. it just made me, you know, like lose control of myself and and then so we walk outside and I'm saying something to Chad and we're kind of going back and forth and and I'm already really worked up and and um Austin was just not listening and being really bad and I picked him up pretty aggressively not like in any way that actually would physically hurt him but like scare him maybe and I no, put I, him in yeah. his seat and I just yelled in his face, like, stop, like, as loud as I could. And, um, sorry, that made me emotional. Um, and there was, like, a per another person there, like, two cars over. Mm. And he was just, like, witnessing the whole thing. And I knew that someone was witnessing it. And then, you know, in the, in the moment when you're so mad, you just want to, like, back up what you're doing because you're mad and you don't want to like admit that time what you're doing is wrong. Mm -hmm. And I, I got him in the seat and I, and like eventually whatever calmed down. And, but I just was like, okay, I can never do that again. It felt so horrible. I wanted to just go to sleep for a long time. <laughs> it's like, I, it did not feel good at all. And I just knew that it could never happen again. That it was not aligned with, who I wanted to be or what I felt inside. And that if I could get to that point, there was something wrong with me. And yeah, so um, it started with that. And then 
And then I guess just talking about it more and more just made it easier to figure out the next steps. I love that you just shared that. I love that you are so vulnerable. And I think we, I'm going to say we, I know that we've all had moments like that. But the fact that you said, okay, the first step was admitting I needed help. I think, Mm -hmm. okay, what really hit me was if you just pause your brain for a second and don't say, oh yeah, admitting you need help and just say that phrase quickly, but actually stop and like be the phrase, be with the phrase. And if you were to sit there and say like to our listeners, if you were to say, I need help on one subject, what would it be? And then just sit there and say out loud, I'm sure you're listening in your car as you drive or as you, you know, say it out loud. I need help. And then say the area. Just by saying it, you're going to invite in answers. You're going to invite in awareness. You're going to have feel a softening within you because you're going to stop fighting life. You're going to stop being angry and you're going to start saying, okay, I need help, which means there's some part of me that believes this could be better. Mm-hmm. Right? And we are here to tell you that you're right. <laughs> not perfect and not easy, but my relationship with my children has deepened. Mm-hmm. I can confirm that for sure. When I used to drop my daughter off at daycare because my husband would be deployed, and so there was this daycare where you could drop your child if you're a military family, she wouldn't even look back. And she's not even an outgoing child, but she was. we were detached. And, the, and now when I go to leave, my three-year-old, who's the same age that she would have been, won't let me leave. And I wear that badge with pride because I know (laughs) the amount of going up emotionally I've done for him to be so connected to me. And Mm -hmm. I'm not saying your child has to lose it. Some kids are just, you know, really confident and just want to make friends all day. And that was my sister. And there's nothing wrong with that. But that wasn't my daughter. But she became, because she's actually, actually should have probably been a very attached child with the personality that she has. But I was Mm -hmm. so distant that we didn't you know, do the floor time and the tummy time and the, the connect. We just didn't. I missed out on that. So I started journaling every day. I am best friends with my daughter. I am best friends with my daughter. I am best friends with my daughter. And I am now. And one of the things that she said to me was, I don't have a sister because you're my best friend. <laughs> and I was just like, ah, cue the tears. But yeah, it, it's just, you know, where was I even going with that? It doesn't need to be perfect and it won't be, but if you Mm -hmm. start maybe changing some of your thoughts around it, softening, I can confirm that, that this works because I'm, I'm in the thick of it. And I feel like I've been on both sides. Yeah. I actually have that written down in front of me here. Um, as one of my notes of something I talk about actually was, um, living by example, how, Mm. how you and I are here today with this big dream that we are living out now. Congratulations, by the way. <laughs> uh, Our first podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, but I feel like we should talk a little bit about how and what, well, I mean, this whole thing is us talking about how we're doing it, but mm-hmm. um, I feel like we're here because we have put ourselves through the mud mm-hmm. and, you know, <laughs> Um, and, and so we're here to offer hope that you can, and, and all of the uncomfortable in between that is nothing compared to the peace that, you know, we, you can achieve. So, um, I don't really know what's going with that. Living by example. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I think that's really good. We could each give an example of our daily life where we are, where we are living it, you know? Okay. So a thought that came up for me when you said that was one of the ways that I'm living this new way of thinking, <laughs> like I often say, what even is a mother? So for me to have a podcast to tell you what a mother is, no, I'm not really telling you. I'm just figuring it, figuring it out with you, <laughs> but I know it's not yeah. what I, it's not that it's one of those things where I know what it isn't. So let's figure out what it is. And, right. um, 
one of the things I'm doing is I really feel that I'm preparing my children for a world that I can see and no one else can yet. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Please keep going. I can, okay. I can see a world in my mind that is not pulled out into the physical yet, but I know that our children where the world is going. And I, I don't quite know how else to say that, but you know, we started homeschooling. I was homeschooled my whole life for different reasons because I was raised Baptist and I wasn't allowed to be part of the world, you know, or whatever term, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, different churches use different terms for us. It was part of the world. And so I know about homeschooling. However, it's a whole different game when you're doing it yourself. And so one of the things that we're doing it is that we're practicing daily is we're homeschooling. And, you know, there are days where I whisper to my husband, like, it'd just be easier to send them to school because I, you know, it's, uh, but I truly believe that we got to raise thought leaders. We got to, they got to think for themselves. I want my kids to do what they're passionate about. I, 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 I'm going to be careful what I say here because I know, um, that they can learn a lot of great things in school. However, for us, that's one of the things that we are doing. We are homeschooling. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there's just, a, the world is changing and we know it. And we know that there are parts of ourselves that we have silenced. We don't listen to our intuition. We aren't tapping into our gifts, We aren't, you know, because it's weird. However, well, that's going to leave that up for our children to go and do. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not willing to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my kids aren't school age yet, but we've already made the decision that we are also going to homeschool. Um, so I can understand that, but I also have worked in the public school system. So I've been on both sides of it. I feel mm-hmm. like I can sit here and talk about it because of that. Um, like you said, I don't think that there's anything wrong with you know needing to raise your family the way that you you see fit that's mm-hmm. okay I agree. you can choose right like that's that's okay if you feel that way um the same way that it's okay that you know you and i want to homeschool our kids that's yeah either way um i feel like the the heart of the matter is being connected to ourselves and not denying ourselves when when that bad feeling is there and I, I really feel that for, you know, to whoever's listening, your child, what they need, it might not be to be homeschooled. However, mm-hmm. specifically for my daughter, that is what it is. And mm-hmm. because she is so, um, her, so uh, creative and how she thinks is so not inside the box. And so she was getting, I got a really thick envelope sent home from the school and all the things that were wrong with her. And uh, I just threw it out. I honestly just threw it out. I read one page and threw it out. And I decided she's not going back because she receives thoughts really well. Like I have to be careful what I think around her because she'll repeat sentences that she doesn't know that I just thought. Mm. Like one time, mm-hmm. I was, one time I was cutting carrots and I thought, oh, I think I cut myself. And I just thought that thought. And she looks over at me all startled and she goes, well, did you? I'm like, I didn't say that out loud. (laughs) But, you know, so that's just a very simple example of how she's receiving thoughts from other children and from her teacher all day long. And if they're sending Mm -hmm. me thick envelopes of what's wrong with her, well, she's actually just hearing that in her head. And I'm just not okay with that. So Mm -hmm. your daughter might not be like that. Some some children have such a strong sense of who they are and – they really would just be fine. And again, that would be my son. He would be fine in school and he loves the structure. However, we're not sending one to keep the other one home. It's just not what we feel is right. We want to keep them together. Um, but, you know, listen to what you feel your child needs. That's the mm-hmm. point of me saying we homeschool. It's the point because I actually wanted to send them to a wall. I might do that in a year or two because that's a whole different energy. And I feel that she would really thrive there. Mm-hmm. So again, it's not schools. It's this is my daughter. This is what I'm seeing. And this is what she needs. And I'm going to listen to that. So yeah, mm-hmm. just, just honor yourself. Totally. It's part of the conversation, right? As a mother, mm-hmm. we have to make mm-hmm. these decisions for our kids. So there's no there's no shame in, in having to make that decision and choosing one way or the other. 
And we know, we know what they need. We can feel it in our stomach, but we either care, care about what, how our stomach feels, or we care about how their stomach feels and, Mm -hmm. you know, someone else. And the thing is we care about how their stomach feels and there's one more. And if you can follow this, (laughs) we care about how their stomach feels and then how ours is going to feel knowing we upset them. And can Mm -hmm. we handle that? Because as a child, we couldn't handle that. Guess what? As an adult, we can, (laughs) we can. Yeah. And yes, I have noticed that when I don't speak up for my daughter, the and not speak over her, but speak up for her as her mother, the pain I feel is worse than anything I ever feel when I offend someone. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's different. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it it brings up this thought. Um, you had made a story, I think, the other day, and you mentioned in it that. Um, if your kids don't drive with a doctor or someone mm-hmm. anywhere that you go, that you you don't go back to them. Mm-hmm. And that actually really sat me for a long time because I was like, that is not true for me. And how do I change that? Because I actually was then able to look at myself and say, wow, I feel this need to be loyal to the person I picked Mm. the first time. I don't want to let them down. I don't want the other doctor's office to have to phone the last doctor's office and like think about the embarrassment of that. And it really shook me actually when you said that. I was like, wow, okay, I got something to work on there because it's not about me. I feel you so deeply on that because I think that's something that I do practice now for the most part, but it didn't come easily. Mm-hmm. But I definitely get that from my husband. The dice thing, he says what people need to hear. There are so many times I've heard him say to another man exactly what that man needs to hear. Um, and the man will take it well. But I'm sitting there thinking I would have put 14 filters on that message. Like, come on. Yeah, I can't <laughs> stomach it. I can't stomach it. But what I've discovered as I sit there silently, because I've learned, okay, he's delivering his message. I wouldn't want to be interrupted. You know, mm-hmm. I just sit there in awe of how, like my husband Drew, he will not sell his soul ever for nothing, never. Like he won't. That's the one thing I would say about him that is always like constant. He was born that way. Like he has that inherently built into him. I don't know what what kind of being he is to have that, but I swear (laughs) like that's why I'm with him is because I needed to remember what it felt like to Mm. Not, not sell my soul. Wow. Yeah. And so he'd rather his stomach feel good than theirs. However, he does not look to offend and he says it with a lot of love, but he knows that if his stomach is bubbling up, it's because it has something to say, Mm. you know, but yeah, it's uncomfortable. I totally hear you. Like I was made fun of many things by my doctor. He's like, oh, you Googled that? You Googled that? So now you're an expert? And I'm like, ah. but you know, doctor, dear doctor, I did just hand you uh, an herbal supplement. You handed it back to me and said, I know nothing about that. I'm like, well, there's there's that. So, so there's that. But you know, I am so grateful. I got I to gotta say, and I will be very careful what I say. Um, I honestly also love that doctor and he got me through some really hard times, but it was okay that we disagreed. I guess that was my point. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I feel like um, I learned this lesson a lot. <laughs> I feel like I've leveled up and then I get there again. I'm like, oh gosh. But um, there, are, there's worth in everyone, every person on this planet. Oh, yes. So discrediting someone or, or, you know, not listening to someone's message because we don't agree with a part of some part of their message that doesn't even make up their whole, you know, part of life. You know what I, what I'm saying? What am I saying? Oh, I do. Like everyone's good at heart. We all want to be loved, which means Mm -hmm. you crave what you are. So you are love. And it's, so I hear you. Yeah. Everyone, we can't sum someone up in a situation, but we can say in that situation, that's not right for me. Yeah. And we can still find the value in the message. 
even if it's not right for us. Well, even if what I was supposed to learn when I, I had this tub of greens that I wanted to take while I was pregnant and it, I, I know it's amazing because it's really helped my energy. And so I handed it to him and he did say, I, I don't know anything about that. I, I can't speak to that and handed it back to me. And I said, okay. And maybe what I was supposed to learn in that moment is, you know, in our healthcare system, there are things where it can serve me and there are things where I have to do my own due diligence and my own research. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not bad. I still needed him for things, but I was looking for him to be a resource in an area where he wasn't. But because we're told, oh, the healthcare system has your back, you think, okay, they have my back. I don't got to worry about it. And that was me being asleep at the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. I think for again, like I have become such a free thinker that if I really tell everyone what I think, they'll think I'm crazy. So we'll just do it in small small doses. I feel like this message uh, really rings true, especially the mothers, though, because I feel like we experience a lot of this around birth and pregnancy. So I think we can all come together on that kind of a message. Um, But we got to save that for another day because we're giving away all the goods. (laughs) We've been talking for a while now. So I feel like Um, I think it's. (laughs) Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I feel like we put so much in this podcast. It feels like the first time I ever did a a training. I was supposed to do 10 and I did one and I went downstairs and said to Drew, I just taught them everything. I know I'm screwed. (laughs) (laughs) That was a one and done. I don't know what I'm going to do for the next nine. But of course, throughout throughout the week, Spirit's like, no, no, you know this. And I'll teach you another lesson real quick here on Tuesday. And you know, yeah, great. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah, I feel good actually, because at at the beginning of this, I was like really tense and shaking a bit nervous really nervous but now I feel really good I just feel like it's out there and I'm at peace with it and we are going to just meet so many amazing people along this journey so Mm -hmm. I'm grateful to our future listeners and Mm -hmm. uh, me too and for this opportunity with you as well April so me too. Thank you, Sarah, for going on this journey and being vulnerable to the moms who I'm sure um, are going to be vulnerable. And I hope send us messages or leave comments. I don't even know how that I'm such a reader, so I'm not even into the podcast world as much yet, but I'm sure I will get into it. But thank you to <laughs> our listeners for the places that you went in your heart today that might have been mm-hmm. uncomfortable and the things that you might have sat with or the thoughts that you let surface because pain wounds are just really you know things asking to be healed so thank you for doing that part because i do believe we are all one so when you heal yourself you heal the world so keep doing that and mm-hmm. uh, we'll, we'll see you we'll talk to you soon yeah and give us your feedback what you want us to unpack more because that is definitely welcome absolutely all right we are out have a good night bye bye